Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. That is it for us today, and we will leave you with a. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. F it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Yeah. How about them cowboys, indeed? Shoda. Kent Garrison, what's up? Good afternoon, sir. How are you? What finds you on this lovely Cowboys afternoon? Oh, you know, trying to uh, – it's one of those days where everything's jammed in together. So uh, I just got back from the start, and it was one of those days where, you know, it's like one person after another outside the locker room. You know, usually there will be like a couple guys outside the locker room, and then the locker room's open. Well, today it was like one after another. Like wow, Tony Pollard, CD Lamb, Dak, Micah. Um, so, Yeah. So uh, fired off some tweets off of that, grabbed something to eat real quick, and uh, got over here for this. Short week here for your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, welcome in to those of you who are listening, doing something a little bit different this week instead of our normal podcast, because we got a short week, we got a holiday coming up, we got people out of town, we got Sod trying to cover a, a hockey team here, <laughs> and uh, so... You know, we'll record on here on the Athletic app. If you're not a subscriber to the Athletic, this is something we can do is go live on the app, talk to you, converse with you. You can leave comments as we're talking. You can join the show, which some people might do that a little bit later on. But it's just another perk of, you know, being a subscriber to Athletic on top of John and Sod's awesome uh, Cowboys coverage. You know, you get stuff like this all the time. So shout out to The Athletic for having something like this for us to be able to do this. John, how was the trip to Carolina? Really eventful trip. And I think I, you know where I want to start, which is not even at the game. Of course not. It never is, really, with the Cowboys, you know? I mean, you can win all the games in the world, and somehow there's going to be something off the field that makes the headlines the next day. I really want to go through the timeline of this. So what happened with Jimmy 
when you guys were at the game, how did they tell you guys this was happening? Did they try to keep it a secret? How did that all go down? Well, let's just start off with one of my favorite videos on Twitter is the one from a few years ago when Robbie Anderson was with the Panthers and he looked on the big screen and their mascot, Sir Purr, was on there and said, what is that? What's that bear doing? So if you know what it is, great. If not, I, I won't waste your time explaining it, but just look up <laughs> that and, and you'll find it probably pretty quickly. So I was looking for Sir Purr before the game here. You know, I was walking around the stadium uh, just checking out because I've only been there one other time and I usually do that before the game, maybe get some video of players running on the field and stuff. And I noticed that Nick Harris from DallasCowboys.com had tweeted out that, you know, there's a press conference scheduled for 1240. So that would have been 1140 in Dallas. And I knew Jimmy and Jerry were at the game. And so I'm like, oh, this has got to be something related to that, you know? Yeah. And this is a long time coming, you know, obviously that he's Jimmy Johnson is the clear next guy. I mean, he probably has been for, you know, 10 plus years that should be going into, you know, the ring of honor. And for him to be at his second Cowboys game, someone that very rarely leaves the Florida keys. I'm like, something's up with this. But then there's a party where you're just sitting there going, they really doing this before the Carolina Panthers game in Carolina. Like that part of it was just really whatever. But we end up finding out later. The reason why is because, um, it, they wanted it to be a Fox game, obviously, so that they could do the announcement on TV because obviously Jimmy Johnson works with Fox. And they couldn't do it a week ago because that was their salute to service game at AT&T Stadium. They didn't want to overshadow the salute to service stuff that went on at halftime and pregame. And so, well, I, I totally get that. And I don't think they should have done anything to uh, replace the salute to service things that they were doing and the uh, Medal of Honor Museum stuff that they were doing. I, I, I completely understand that, and they shouldn't have. But to do it here b- before this Carolina game, all of this just, to me, just said that this was very – this happened within the last couple weeks, you know. And then the other thing is that the Netflix cameras have been following uh, Jerry around for, you know, a, a documentary that they're doing about the 90s oh. Cowboys and then today. So it just felt very, like, scripted, like this was all going to be part of that. I didn't even think about the Netflix angle of this, yeah. how he probably wants this to be a part of the show, to be a part of the documentary. Uh, you know, I think that would probably be one of the biggest questions after it had Jimmy knock on in would be like, why didn't he address it? That's going to be always one of the biggest lingering questions about Jerry. And we had talked on about them Cowboys, I don't know, a few weeks ago in camp. Jerry kind of put his foot down of like, this is not happening. And I'm just wondering what's what's been going on in the past few weeks. Has has some people talked to him? Have the kids talked to him? Has he uh, you know thought to himself, maybe I need to do this sooner rather than later? It just seems to be a, like a, a 180 very quickly in a matter of weeks. I would say that as anyone gets older in life, you get into your 80s. Uh, you know, Jerry Jerry Jones obviously wanted to be put in the Pro Football Hall of Fame when he's still alive. You know, he wants to enjoy that. Um, and in a sense, I can see where you, you, he would be like, well, you know, I don't want to do this after Jimmy has passed. Let's do this while, while we're all alive and we get a chance to enjoy this and have that big night, uh, when they induct him into the ring of honor, December 30th at halftime of the, uh, Cowboys lions game at AT&T stadium. And, and, and that I think is a big factor, but man, just covering this team for 13 years, it, it's hard for me to not to sit here and not say that this Netflix documentary thing didn't have any factor in maybe right. speeding up the process 
you know? Um, yes. I think that, that, that could certainly be a factor here if, if you know the operating of the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. I mean, it was just going to be a question that came up, rightfully so, from reporters like you until it happened. And every year that they announced somebody else that's going to go in to Marcus Ware it was this year, it would be the question. And so, you know, it's probably good that everybody kind of is going to have it behind them. And, you know, we can focus on things that matter, like should the one and only Desmond DeMond Bryant be in the Ring of Honor? I would think Jason Witten, Tony Romo type thing would oh, I know. be. They're obvious. I'm, uh, probably would be the next the next up. The yeah, next debate's going to be Des. Yeah, I think that those would be next up. But the other thing that was just weird about the whole deal is that so they wanted to do it on TV, but they wanted to do it like close to kickoff, and obviously it was the one o'clock on the East Coast, you know, noon mm-hmm. uh, game in, in Dallas, and so for them to then have the press conference after. So I posted a video of how you know we're literally talking to them, and then I pan the my camera over to the TV because the Cowboys are already on the field. I mean, we didn't, that press conference didn't end until I think the third series in the actual game. So it was just weird to be at a game, you know, that's not even like it's a home game. You're on the road and you're down in, uh, you know, in a room next to the locker room, you know, with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, why the Cowboys game has already started. And so I, it was just, that was kind of. Wait, so let me, let me ask so did they keep this a secret? Were you guys waiting in the press conference room like, hey, Jerry wants to say something? And then Nate walks in with Jimmy and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is happening. Like, was it like that? Or did, did they say, hey, Jimmy's getting the ring of honor. We're going to announce it at this time. So the news was already out there by the time they were out and up there. Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, no, we weren't told. Nobody knew beforehand. It just you kind of thought they, it they was very easy like to. Yeah. yeah. And and to be honest with you, I think there are several members of the staff of the Dallas Cowboys that didn't know about it either. But it's just right. one of those things that that Jimmy was there. And if you know how little Jimmy leaves the keys for him to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, didn't make a ton of sense. Like I was like, why are they? And then the cameras were following them around. And then now there's gonna mm. be this press conference. It Free just game. it was easy yeah. to yeah put it all together. I know you were on the story. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the game here, John. Cowboys got it done in Carolina. No surprise here. But uh, what were your overall impressions of the win on Sunday? It was good to see Tony Pollard get going a little bit there. He had that nice 21-yard touchdown run, that physical run, breaking several tackles. I thought that was big just because beating the Carolina Panthers, it's kind of like beating the Giants the week before you, you pretty much knew that was going to happen. I, and I know people can bring up the Arizona game, but more than likely they were going to win this game by double digits. I did not think this game would be particularly close. And so you're looking for things that you can, you can see possibly building off of this game going forward when they're playing some t- tougher competition. And so Tony Pollard to have that run, I thought was a good sign because it made it, it, it just looked like a little bit more of the old fashioned Tony Pollard. So I thought that was a good sign in the game, but, I would say the biggest storyline is, is really just this incredible tear that Duran Bland is on now with his fourth pick six of the season tying an NFL record. Just wild to see this guy come from being, you know, fifth round pick to, uh, hey, he's going to make the team and, and, and probably have a role in his first year. And then he leads the team with five interceptions. And you're just kind of like, man, they got they got a steal here. And then he goes into this season and, you know, all the talk at corner for the Dallas Cowboys is all Trayvon Diggs and then this offseason addition to Stephon Gilmore. 
And then here, here comes Jerron Bland, much like how his personality is, pretty quiet, just kind of goes about his business and does his job. And he just continues to, to pick up these passes in a variety of ways. It's just been stunning. And it just, again, when you're watching that game, it's not, it's not really like, oh, you know, the Cowboys won this game because Jerron Bland made that play. Now the Cowboys are going to win that game. It was just by about probably how much. There never really was, even when they cut it to 17-10, you were never really like, oh, the Cowboys are in trouble here. But you take certain things from a game like that and you, and, and you factor in, okay, what does this mean for them going forward? And I look at the way Jerron Bland's playing and then you factor in Trayvon Diggs. And you factor in Micah Parsons. These are guys all in their early 20s. And you're starting to look at a team that, as you know very well, Kent, from the time you know, you've know you covered the team and worked for the team, for the most of our time around the Dallas Cowboys, it's been very offensive first. And and you're getting to see how not only has this team turned you know, defensive first, but how it could remain that way for several years going down the road because of all these key players. Yeah, absolutely. You almost wonder if they would have held off on the Trevon Diggs deal uh, had they known that Bland was going to be what he is. I'm wondering if this is a flash in the pan or if this is who Deron Bland is. And I don't know if you saw the anonymous player poll uh, po- published by The Athletic today, John. There's some very interesting stuff in there. In fact, I think 3% of the players in the poll had Deron Bland as the most underrated player in the league. Yeah, I mean, deservedly so. I mean, in terms of a flash, I would say maybe on the pick sixes, and maybe there's some seasons where, you know, maybe he only gets three or four interceptions. You know, we've seen that with Trayvon Diggs, but to think that these are just two back-to-back seasons of him just being like, hey, man, he's just kind of lucky and got in the right place at the right time, and it's and it's not because he's a good player. Now, that's wrong. No, this is this is a good player, and and even with the Trayvon Diggs contract thing, like I think that they still would have done that deal because edge rusher, cornerback, especially if they're number one type corners, those are positions you pay in the NFL. If you have those type of players on your team, so I don't think it would have impacted that. You know, you can just see where this league's going. I'm just looking at this Cowboys team. You know, the money is spent on if you have an elite edge rusher, or if you have corners that can take the ball away. You can see, like, look at. Look at the Cowboys linebacker situation. Look at safety. They're not spending big money on those positions, you know? Yeah. Those are things that they're going to fill those gaps in. But if you can have shutdown corners, you pay those guys. If you can have elite pass rushers, you pay those guys, you know? And so uh, I think that they are they have to be thrilled to have found Deron Bland like they did. And if he keeps doing this, be more than happy to have to pay two corners, uh, you know, amongst the higher higher paid corners in the league. I don't, I don't think that they have an issue with that at all. So, um Something else that stuck out on the uh, player poll. I don't know if you saw that again, but check that out on the athletic listeners. If you have not, it was published today. A lot of really interesting insight. The players were polled on which coach they want to play for, John. Guess who didn't even get any votes? Jason Garrett? <laughs> he didn't either, but Mike McCall. Um Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean... I, I was part of this poll in terms of, you know, asking some Cowboys players anonymously in the locker room. So I know that I, I when I was looking over the questions, you know, and asking some players and stuff like that, I did really like that question just because of the fact that there's just so many coaches in the NFL. And the other part of it is, is that it's a pretty young league. And so depending on the players you were asking, 
there's a part of you when you are asking, you're like, how many coaches can they name? You know what I'm saying? Because there's just a lot of turnover with coaches in the NFL. You know, I mean, obviously, I would expect almost all these guys to know, you know, like Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick and stuff like that. But I bet you there's players in the league that don't really know, couldn't name every single coach in the league, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's interesting you say that because the number one vote getter with over a quarter of the votes was Mike Tomlin. And when I think about Mike McCarthy, Coach Tomlin's one of the people I've compared to. You know, very similar resume. Ben, I guess, you know, was a longtime head coach of their franchise, won a Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. It's just interesting the disparity between those two guys. For To go from a quarter of the league wanting to play for you to nobody voting for you, it's just interesting. It's just an overarching maybe on the tone of yeah. what people I'll, I'll think. S- I'll say this about Mike McCarthy. I would think most players would like to play for him because of the way, uh, well, one is experience, like you said, what he's accomplished, but also he really goes out of his way to take care of his players, you know, whether it's the way he structures the practice during the week to, um, you know, schedules on the road and things like that to try and give them as much rest and recovery as possible. And uh, you just see, you just see some coaches around the league that really try to be, you know, the hard ass type and they're going to, you know, work you into the ground thing. And, and, and you see a lot of times where it doesn't work out, especially when it's a newer coach coming in from a different organization, thinking that they're going to do what was going on at the previous organization. A lot of players look at them like, yeah, we're not doing that, you know? So that's not the case with Mike McCarthy. I mean, he really does a good job of, of uh, putting the players in the best you know possible situation to be as healthy as possible from week to week, which is really a big deal with the Dallas Cowboys because of one, how many primetime games they play, you know, how many Thursday night type games, Monday night type games. But then the other one is just look at how, how far that they travel um, just because that they are in, you know, the middle of the country and um, they are, they're NFC East, you know, teams that they're playing every year. They're all up on the East coast. They're, you know, most of your division games around the rest of the NFL are pretty short plane rides from wherever, you know, your home stadium is. And that's not the case. The Cowboys travel a ton. So yeah, he does a good job of factoring it and all of that so that they can be, you know, as healthy as possible from week to week. And so I think if, if there was this big, you know, uh, you know, players getting together, talking about things behind the scenes and stuff like that, I think a lot of, a lot of players would like to play for Mike McCarthy, but I just don't know how many guys, cause it's such a, like I said, a young man's league now, how many guys even know that stuff goes on in other buildings. Speaking of young man's league, John over under, Three weeks until Kellen Moore is the head coach in L.A. Interesting. Um, Doesn't it feel like it's trending that direction? Yeah, it could. It could be. Yeah, no, it's possible. Wear it out as welcome, and let's let's give Kellen the interim job. See what he has as a head coach before you know we have to decide to hire him next year as our head coach potentially, or keep him as our OC or, or what have you. It's definitely possible. Uh, I mean, if I'm just being completely honest here, I haven't given it a ton of thought, but I can see that being a possibility. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think Kellen Moore will be a head coach eventually. So, uh, you know, obviously his name's mentioned anytime the Boise State head coaching job comes open. And so I always think of him one day coaching there. But 
it would be interesting because there's a, he's obviously very highly thought of around NFL circles. So, and the Chargers are underperforming. So yeah, no, that makes that definitely makes some sense. Well, let's look a little bit at this next game on Thanksgiving. Quick turnaround here for the Cowboys. Uh, you know, obviously probably going to be wearing the throwbacks. So there's something to look forward to. Also, we always look forward to the Red Kettle Kickoff Halftime Show featuring Dolly Parton this year. John, more excited about the game or Dolly Parton being in the building? Probably the game, and that's nothing against Dolly Parton, but I would say that just about every Thanksgiving. Um, I can't think of many times that they've had a halftime performer that really fits the type of music that I listen to on a regular basis. So it's cool. I get it. But, uh, um, over here. I don't know if hipster is the word. Um, go ahead. I, I've tweeted out multiple times. Look at, I've, uh, the complete list of people have been performing halftime and, uh, I don't know if hipster is what, what they're lacking, but yeah, sure. Um, I'll be honest with you. You've been around the Cowboys for a long time. So I'll just say this. I'm most fascinated just to see how they've played or how they will play because of the fact of, they have created, and this might be the most impressive thing Mike McCarthy's done as Cowboys head coach, is they have created a legitimate home field advantage at AT&T Stadium, someplace that I do not think of as being constructed to have a great home field advantage. And this team has continued to roll. I mean, they have not lost a home game since last year's season opener to Tom Brady and the Bucks. So that's a long time without losing at home. And they and, and to create that type of environment... And, uh, and again, so I have I never went to a game at Texas Stadium, but I've been to almost all the games at AT&T Stadium. I missed the first year because I hadn't moved down here yet, but it's not really a stadium that you think of like, oh, it's so loud and, and, and the environment just so daunting, but they continue to play their best ball at home. And, and that's why, you know, some people might look at this, oh, is this Washington game like a trap game? I don't look at it that way just because I expect them to come out and play well at home because... That's what they've been doing for, for a while now. Yeah. Uh, I kind of do look at it as, as a trap game. I mean, they've already lost to him once this year. This is a short week. Sam Howell's playing pretty well. I, I, I think it's easy to overlook this team, to overlook the commanders. Sure. Oh, yeah, you know, it's easy to overlook them. But just the fact that the the Eagles keep winning – you know, their mar- the margin for error for the Cowboys just keeps getting, you know, just a little bit more thin every week that goes by and how well they've played at home. More so than any other year I've covered the team, I just think it would be such an advantage to them win the division and have at least one home playoff game as opposed to having to play all your playoff games on the road. I think it would really help this team. There's so many years in the past, 14, 16, where I didn't really think that having home field would have been that big of an advantage for the Cowboys because of the way those teams played those years. But I really do think that they have a big time home field advantage now with the way this team plays. So because of that, I don't think that, yeah, it's, it's like, I can see where you, you come off saying it's like a trap game, but I look at this, this Washington team is, you know, they, they're not a very good pass defense. I mean, opposing quarterbacks put up big numbers against this defense. And if you tell me then that means that Dak Prescott's going to have a good game. I just don't see the Cowboys losing this game. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Dak's been playing very well. Um, you know, as long as Micah can abstain from dry heaving powder 
before the game, I think we'll be in good shape. You know, I'll tell you what, Ken, he, he, he's, abs- <laughs> he's absolutely the best with stuff like that. Um, I, I can tell you right now, when we heard that he was vomiting on the sideline, and we asked PR for an update on, you know, is he sick or whatever? And when they responded back to us, he's not sick. He just vomited a couple times. The first thing I said, to, I turned to Saad and I said, I can't wait to ask him about this after the game just because I know he'll give you an honest answer, you know, about what exactly what it was. Because, of course, you know, as you've been in those locker rooms before, I'm like, maybe he got, <laughs> maybe he got a bad and uncrustable at halftime. But no, uh uh, yeah. I just knew he would give you the exact thing that happened. And lo and behold, of course he did, you know, and there's a part of that that I just absolutely love when, when you're used to a lot of guys will kind of like sugarcoat something that happens and go, Oh yeah, you know, I just had, you know, ate something bad. It just was sitting wrong in my stomach. I just didn't feel right. No, I mean, he just goes right into, in, in, into breaking it down about how he takes this powder and he should have drank something with it. And, and at first he was like, this didn't do anything. And then he's on the field and, feels like his heart's going to is, is jumping out of his chest and almost like having a panic attack asking Jim Maurer, like, what should he do? Like, you know, and, and I guess Jim told him to like drink a bunch of water or whatever. Eventually got to the point where like it was bothering him so much that kind of, I think he made himself throw up a couple of times to kind of get it out of his system. But it's the other part that's fascinating about it is that you just look at the way he played early in that game and, and, you know, he has the two sacks in the first quarter. So of course the follow-up questions and everything everybody's asking is like, I know you said you don't want to do this ever again, but I mean, for a start like that, I mean, wouldn't you want to at least give this a try? And and I get why that would be a game where you do something that for because of the fact that it's you know a one o'clock game. It's kind of early. It's opponent you're supposed really? to be. You need extra d- juice for this game. You're a double. You're a double digit point favorite. Uh, I could see. I could see like a player being like, yeah, let me get a little something extra to get me like pumped up before the game, uh, just to kind of get me going early on, thinking that it's probably going to give you a mild jolt not one where you know it's a significant thing where you think that you're almost heart's gonna stop beating type thing because it's beating so fast i think because of that um i don't know like for me i thought it was funny because i've never taken any of that powder but i know i'm I'm familiar with what it does but it was really interesting after i tweeted about it reading all the replies of people talking about how you know some of the side effects of it are you know if, if you don't get it out of your system working out after you take it your skin will like itch for like the rest of the day and all these like other side effects. And I'm just like, I am terrified by this. I can't believe he would take it before the game. But I think it's also because he didn't know about a lot of those side effects. It was just kind of like, Hey, there some other players suggested. And he's like, Oh, I'll take one of those scoops. Yeah. Let me, let me do this. And it was the first time he ever did and had that reaction. Yeah. First of all, there's no such thing as a bad uncrustable. So you can eliminate that. Right. right The top. The, Think about it. Like, did he get that idea? Who did he get that idea from? Did he come up with well, that well, on his own? Well, real quick. Is somebody else in the locker room doing that every game? And it's like, hey, real man, quick. this might be the game for me. I don't know. Yeah, real quick, though, Kent. I mean, I, I, I maybe people won't be surprised by this, but I always found it interesting the first couple of times I went in the locker room and, and saw what they had out there for halftime. And it really is. It's like oranges, bananas, okay. and Uncrustables. Like, it's like, a, fruit, you know. Fruit slices. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's like it's a, a elementary school soccer game, but that's really what's in there, you know. Is and, and yeah, just unlimited uncrustables just stacked over there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but what were you saying? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, the I, I mean, all I was saying was there's no. Oh, oh, you said who suggested it? His own? Yeah. No, 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 no. Other players were doing it. He didn't say who it okay. was, but it was like okay. other defense, other defenders. It sounded like 
uh, were taking a little bit and asked him if he wanted some. And he was like, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a scoop of that, you know. But it sounds like that they were probably mixing it in with water. And he was like, you know, being who Micah Parsons is, uh, you know, I could see him being like, no, 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 I don't need to mix it in. I'll just take this right straight. Like, just take the powder, you know. And that probably got in his system quicker. Had, had Riley happened, like if he had passed out or something. Yeah, it wouldn't have been that, good. That would not have been great. Nah. Not a good look. Uh, yeah, that I I thought that was a really interesting that he came out and said it and, you know, talked about it so openly, of course, you know, he could have said anything. Oh, yeah, I just wouldn't feel well. And you, and, that, and that's it, you know. But <laughs> now that it, I, you got to love the honesty from Micah Parsons. That's, that's incredible. Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I did want to ask you about his favorite Thanksgiving foods. Did you see this, John? Uh, I was standing, I don't think, I don't know if he was asked about Thanksgiving food. Some other players were, but what, no, what did he say? He ranked his favorite Thanksgiving foods and I had not heard of a few of these. Okay. I wanted, wanted to hear if you had. So his number five was stuffing and gravy or slash gravy. So I don't know about stuffing and or gravy or stuffing with gravy. Okay. Then he has yam juice with turkey. Not familiar. Nah, me, nah, 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 not me either. Sorry. Can't help you there. No yam juice at the Mishoda. Thanks. No. No, no, definitely not. The uh, bowl of yam juice, uh, cream corn, big fan of that at number three. Collards and hot sauce at number two, 
And then number one, I also have a question about mac and cheese with yams. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he sounds like the type of person that might, you know, uh, I'm trying to think how to describe this. You know, some people want all of their food on like Thanksgiving, all like neatly, you know, on the plate and, and kind of maybe separated a little bit. And then there's other people that are just like, yeah, just throw it all on the plate together. Okay. He seems like he's a throw it all on the plate together type person. As in, so the mac and cheese isn't made with yams. He's just mixing them on his own. That that's what I'm thinking. I will say though, from from being around some players being asked about it today, it was interesting to hear how uh, you know multiple players weren't that high on turkey. Like I really like turkey a lot. I don't know. Like they like yeah. it seemed like a lot of players were all about all the sides and things like that, and thought turkey was pretty overrated. But I mean, I I'm I'm good with the turkey. I got to have some turkey on Thanksgiving. Jerry does it right with the Thanksgiving stuff that he provides the media. The turkey is really on point always at Thanksgiving at, at AT&T Stadium. I did always look forward to the turkey that Jerry would have. It was always very juicy, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, they know, but I mean, I will say, though, I mean, they bring it pretty strong every every week, though, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, their, their, Thanksgiving, yeah their Thanksgiving dinner is great. Don't get me wrong. It's always, it's always great, but uh, I can't even think of. consolation prize for not not having a normal one is is at least you get the AT&T Stadium Thanksgiving, which is absolutely prime, very prime. Uh, a few questions rolling in here in the comments. Thanks for listening live if you are. Um, and feel free to leave more comments if you would like to do that. Roger wants to know, is the offensive line starting to gel after a few games without injury, John? They are. And, uh, um, Sad and I did a, a Q and a, you know, answering five questions uh, for tomorrow morning on the athletic. And one of them was about, you know, uh, going forward, like any concern that you would have with this team, or I don't remember if that was exactly what it was or what you're kind of looking for, uh, as they go into this tougher stretch of games in December. And I, my, the thing that jumped out to me that I wrote about was the offensive line. If you tell me that that five best five that's been starting the last three games, and that's obviously Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith. Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. I think the Cowboys are going to be in great shape and have a chance to beat anybody home or on the road in the playoffs. But I also think that that's kind of a big if to, to ask just because even three games together seems like a lot because it's just always been something with, with one guy out. And it it's a really big deal with this team particularly just because there is such a drop-off without one of them. They're just, as we talked about in training camp going in, there just wasn't great depth on the offensive line. It's not really a position that you see many teams significantly upgrading before the trade deadline. It, you kind of go into the season like this is kind of what you're going to have and you and your goal is to have some of your young guys step up and, and that just really hasn't happened very much for this Cowboys offensive line. So yeah, if that that five that's been out there the last three weeks can stay out there. Yeah, I, I think they're gelling. I think they're heading in the right direction. I think it'll help the run game, uh, Dak's confidence, all of the above. So, yeah, uh, I just being real about it, I also have my doubts that I think you're asking for a lot to to have that happen. But believe me, if they can keep that five together, um, man, they'll be in great shape going into the playoffs. I think that's like – Every other position I can think of, there you know, there's a little bit better depth, but the offensive line has such a trickle down on, throughout that entire offense, and you know, time of possession, everything. So if they can stay healthy, I think the Cowboys would be in good shape overall. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Roger, we did discuss Jimmy Johnson already. Go back and listen to the beginning of this episode in the podcast feed if you want that discussion. Uh, Randall wants to know, rookie most likely to make an impact at the second half of the season here, John. I mean, coming off of the Carolina game, seeing Schoonmaker, you know, make that make that play. I think he would kind of stand out. I mean, it's got to be between him and, and Mozzie Smith. Um, you know, that's the thing coming into the season. You didn't really know what you get from Mozzie, and I thought he had his best game against the Giants. And so, I mean, I I probably lean a little bit more towards Mozzie just because it looks like Peyton Hendershot's trending in a good direction to come back, and maybe it gets a little crowded in that tight end room because, you know, Jake Ferguson's obviously the number one. So, I probably lean towards Mozzie just because I think there'll be opportunities for him, particularly in the run game, uh, as the season goes along, or as the second half of the season goes along. And so, um, that that would probably be the one that jumps out to me if I'm not forgetting anybody. I hope I'm not. No, what do you think about the way Luke Schoonmaker has has come on? It's remind reminds us of Ferguson and, and Schultz. It's taken a little bit, but he seems to, you know, the target rate isn't high, but the I don't know, the return on investment, if you will, or the average, batting average is pretty high. Like yeah, it's like four catches, four touchdowns, something like that. Uh just yeah, he crazy. he seems to be wired the right way. So I think that you'll you'll see him much like you said with Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson continue to get better the longer they're around. I just question how much he's going to be able to do in his rookie year, just because Jake Ferguson is clearly the number one there, and so he can make an impact. Don't get me wrong. I just when I think of this rookie class, the thing I keep going back to is is really that injury up in Seattle in the preseason to Demarvion Overshone when he had the season-ending knee injury. Just I just think with the way that this season's gone and, and what they've done on defense, it would have just been fascinating to see him mix in with that group because I think he would have had the most, he would have been their most impactful rookie. But obviously, you know, it was cut short before the season even started there. So, um, but I, I do think Schoon, that combination of Schoonmaker and Ferguson should be pretty good for, for multiple years to come. It just, you know, the Cowboys have had some really good drafts early on where, you know, you get like, a Micah Parsons or a C.D. Lamb or even Leighton Van Der Esch's rookie year where they make such an impact right away that you kind of be you're, you're like expecting it like, oh, well, first or second round pick, they'll probably get something out of those guys. And that just really isn't the case with, with this group. But that doesn't mean that Mozzie Smith and Luke Schoomaker and, and Overshone won't have an impact in, in, in the seasons that come because I think they will. But there really isn't one that just absolutely jumps out to me. Great questions coming in here in the chat from Seth and David, who both kind of have the same question. And it's a good one. Shaq Leonard released today by the Colts with what's happened with Van Der Esch and what you just mentioned with Overshone. Any interest there in bringing a guy like Shaq Leonard in? There's, there has to be. I mean, I, I remember them being interested in him in the draft process. That was the year that they took late in Van Der Esch. This is back when he was Darius Leonard. Um, and I remember after they lost the Colts up in Indy, that year, I remember going to the locker room, going to the Colts locker room and talking to Darius Leonard because, you know, that was a guy that he was having, you know, defensive rookie of the year, uh, you know, season. And, uh, yeah, I remember him saying, I'm almost positive that, I don't know if he had a visit with him. He actually might have visited with Leighton, but there was interest back then. So uh, I, I would think the front office would have interest. I think it just comes down to 
does Dan Quinn have interest? Uh, and do they think it would have, you know, a, a significant impact on what they're doing defensively? I certainly think it would. You know, I don't think that that, if you were to bring him in, I don't think that that really holds anyone back. I think you could still have Marquis spell out there, and then I think it would help Damone Clark. Uh, there's so many times that a player gets cut or there's a player, you know, rumored to be traded or, you know, whatever, free agent signing that everyone connects them with the Cowboys. And I would say like 75% of the time, I'm just like, yeah, there's no chance here. But this is one of those 25% where I do think it, it makes sense. And, and, uh, and it, and they should be one of the teams interested. I mean, as long as everything checks out behind the scenes, you know, I, I don't know everything that's gone on with him with the Colts this year. I just haven't followed it that closely, but if if he checks all the boxes there, he's healthy, man, that makes a ton of sense for me just because it's it's not even about Damone Clark and Marquise per se, per Bell per se. It's about the depth at linebacker and adding a good player at a position that, I mean, much like the offensive line, the linebacker depth was something that we talked about going into training camp. So, yeah, that one makes a lot of sense to me. I, 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 I would not be surprised if they have interest there. Yeah, seems to be like a real leadership type of guy too. So, you know, you talk about last year, or maybe it was two years ago when they brought in T.Y. Hilton around this time, you know, kind of gives, bring in a veteran presence, guy who's got some skins on the wall. I think it can kind of give the room a little juice too, a little extra motivation to, to hopefully get it done. So I would be really interested in Jack Leonard, especially, uh, you know, pair him up with Micah in years to come could be, could be very interesting. Wanted to ask you, what Zach has alluded to here in the chat about Brandon Aubrey. Is this guy going to miss a field goal this year, John? I'm, I'm going to say yes. Um, and that's just because uh, I don't know about Miami. I mean, it's outdoors, but I think there'll probably be decent conditions there. But that Buffalo game, I really got that one circled at Washington at the end of the season. I think he's going to face some tougher weather conditions. And so maybe that's a factor, but um, I think there's a pretty good chance that that doesn't happen at AT&T Stadium. And um, we haven't had a game yet with the doors or roof open. And I'm thinking we might not, we might not get one this year. So I'm sure Brandon Aubrey's just fine with that. Because it does seem like when that, when that door, when those doors and that roof are closed, it seems like he can hit from 70. So, uh, yeah, man, he uh, stunned me. Go back and listen to any of our old – you know, about them Cowboys podcasts, anything that I wrote going in training camp, I did not think that he would be on this level, that's for sure. And uh, I thought for sure this would be one of those seasons where the Cowboys would have multiple kickers, and uh, he has far, far exceeded the expectations. He seems to be in a groove. I'm scared for him to miss one because I'm afraid the groove will never come back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think... I would agree. I, I would say yes on that if it would have been like week maybe two or three. But he's put so much good work out there that I don't know. I think if he misses one, I, I think it, it won't be difficult for him to bounce right back and, and get right back in another groove. Um, so I think he's in a really good – yeah, I think he's in a really good you know headspace, really confident in what he's doing right now, and and he should be. I mean he's he's been one of the best kickers in the NFL this year. He has potential to make history this year if he continues to do what he's doing. Currently tied for first in NFL history with for single season field goal percentage at 
Gary Anderson ended the season in 1998, 39 consecutive field goals at 100%. That's the record. Uh, you know, could totally get there. I could see that. But, uh, you know, excluding COVID seasons, which Mason Crosby had 100% in 2020, and Jason Myers for Seattle in 2020 also, I'd say the most legit one is probably Robbie Gold at 97% in 2018. So there's a chance yeah. he could cement himself at least at number two if he misses a few. Yeah, for sure. Um, see, like for me, I, I already like I think the Cowboys are going to get double digit wins. Uh, you know, I'm confident that, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. But the thing is that will they have home field again? That would be such an advantage with him because of how strong his leg is and how well he's kicked at AT&T Stadium. But just with the way the Eagles are playing, I, I, I just it's trending in a direction where it looks like. The Cowboys probably won't catch them. They might, you know, I mean, there's injuries and things happen. And we saw how the 49ers lost three games in a row after beating the Cowboys. I mean, it's a strange league. Weird stuff happens, but the Eagles are just playing so well that um, it just right now seems like they're, they, as they should be the favorite to win the division. If that happens and the Cowboys are going to be playing a lot on the road. And so road games for the Cowboys in the playoffs, I mean, at, at San Francisco, at Philly, not exactly, you know, that's not AT&T Stadium when you're kicking. Uh, maybe Ford Field, maybe the Superdome. You know, those would be, obviously be more ideal. But um, I think of where they're at right now. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better season than what he's having, especially for a team that hasn't invested significantly in kicker in a long, long time. I mean, I mean that's just been a great bargain for them. I mean, they, they, they found this guy out of nowhere. I mean, honestly, I can't believe they found him. You know, I wouldn't have taken that risk if I was them. And here we are. Well, so. yeah, I think I think if like let's say you and I were running the team, I I think that if let's say a John Fossil came to us and was like, "Hey, there's a guy, you know, whether it's the USFL or XFL, whatever it be, hey, I got a kicker out here. Uh, I really like this guy. He's got a strong leg. I think he could make it in this league." I would be all about bringing him in for camp, and if he wins the job, great. But I just think I would have had a veteran too, you know, right. where been like to compete against him. That hey, this is going to probably like a Robbie Gould or something like that. Where you're like, this will probably be the guy, but let's bring this other guy in and give him a shot. And if he beats him out, he beats him out. But they went into it like they did the you know basically the year before with Garibay and and uh, Liram uh, Hilarahu, and you're just kind of like, okay, they're going to do this again. Here we go, you know. And then uh, it ended up being Maher. So uh, this year, it's obviously worked out much better. One last thing I wanted to ask you about before we get your pick for the game. What did you think about that game last night, if you got to watch it? Eagles, Chiefs, Eagles pulling it out. They're 9-1 now. Cowboys sitting at 7-3. and three. Cowboys need to win this game. Absolutely. They're, they, they, you know, Seattle's at 6-4. and four. We got the Vikings at 6-5. and five. Uh, You know, Cowboys really need to go on, go on a little streak here. Yeah, no question. Uh, I just think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now. Um, you know, I, I, Patrick Mahomes is the best player, uh, but they just haven't put the best receivers around him, not even close, you know, really since they've lost Tyreek Hill. Uh, the, the group of receivers he's he's worked with are just not, uh, you know, of the level that he needs around him. I mean, obviously, he's had Travis Kelsey, but, you know, it's it's hard to talk about that game last night and not t- not talk about that drop pass. Uh, by Valdez Scantling. I mean, that's a ball that I mean, NFL receivers have to catch that ball. And 
I'm sure there were a lot of Cowboys fans that were not happy with him when he dropped that right down, right down the middle of the field. I mean, it was about as good of a deep ball as you can throw. You know, he beats he beats the defender by a good two three steps. I mean, you got to make that. Now, I'm not saying that the Eagles wouldn't have come back down and you know maybe kicked a field goal or whatever. Maybe they would have won the game with a touchdown. But I mean, that's just a play that's got to happen. It just took me back to that Super Bowl. Uh, that the Chiefs lost to the Bucks, where Mahomes is trying to put it on his back and he's making all these crazy plays and guys are just dropping these passes and you're just like, you got to get this guy some better receivers. He's just too good of a player not to have some better weapons around him. And so maybe that'll happen for him. But until they do, I mean, I just, I put the Eagles on a different level than everyone else right now. I mean, they, they can win in so many different ways. I mean, the fact that they were losing that game by double digits and they came back and then they have that, that such an advantage with what they can do when it's, you know, third and one, fourth and one, uh, that, that is, it's so hard to stop that. And that, that's, that's huge in the NFL to be able to have something like that on your side. And so, um, my initial thought when the game ended was that, I mean, it's just going to be really hard for the Cowboys to catch them, um, just because of how well they're playing and then what their schedule looks like. This was, you know, this was going to be one of the tough games on their schedule that you were like, okay, this might be a loss here where the Cowboys can gain some ground. The Cowboys are playing their part of the schedule where they should be pulling ahead. And then they get into their part of their schedule where it's going to be really tough in December. And then all of a sudden, here you go. Now Philly's got their easier part of their schedule. Philly hasn't even played the Giants yet. You know, they get them twice in that back end. So um, the one thing I will say for, for, for the Cowboys it's a really tough to schedule in December. Obviously, like we've talked about, Buffalo, Miami, uh, Detroit, you know, Philadelphia, all that. But I will say this: that's been one of the best things Mike McCarthy's done since been the Cowboys head coach. Is 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 in December? I think they're eleven and two, I believe. And this is even counts twenty twenty, the pandemic year when it was awful and they didn't have Dak and Andy Dalton was the starter. I think they went three and one in December, you know, and then they went something. I think they went four and zero. Oh, uh, the year after that, and then I think last year they went uh, four and one. I mean, December has been, you know, McCarthy's had them ramp up to where they're playing usually pretty well in December, and so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that stretch. But I just, I think it's going to be tough for them to cut, catch ground with Philly unless something changes. Like there would have to be some type of an injury or something, some type of setback with the Eagles because they're just they're just playing on a different level. One hundred percent. All right. We'll put you in on the spot. Cowboys, Commanders, or should I say Washington? I don't know where you stand on their name. <laughs> what are you picking? Yeah, I think the Cowboys win something like 31-10, 31-13. So I guess I'll say 31-13. Um, wow. I, I, think, I think Dak will just – he'll continue with the way he's been playing for the last, last month or so, really ever since that Niners game. Uh, you know, he just – he looks really comfortable. He's playing with a lot of confidence. I just see him having a big game, and I think the defense does enough to, uh, you know, Sam Howell will put up some decent numbers, but I think the defense will get a couple takeaways, and uh, I think it'll be a pretty positive Thanksgiving uh, for the Cowboys. I just, my thing with Washington is, yeah, they've, there's been times where obviously like at the end of last season where they were kind of a thorn in the Cowboys' side, and they, you know, they play physical, but I think the way that they that the Cowboys played in that, in that Week 18 game last year, uh, we'll have that. That's not lost on them. Most of that locker room was part of that game. They remember that well. Dak mentioned it on the podium after the, you know, the game on Sunday against Carolina. You know how badly, he, you know how poorly he played in that game. I don't think I don't I don't see them, you know, looking past Washington. But the one I keep going back to is just you know when they made those trades and got rid of Montez Sweat 
and Chase Young. I mean, to me, that's just you're, you're sending a message to the rest of your team that you know you got you guys are sellers and and you're not really trying to make the playoffs when you're doing things like that. And so, um, I would be surprised if Washington won this game. I would too. I think it's going to be a little closer though than thirty-one. Okay. 13. Give me Dallas 24, Washington 20. Whoa. I think it's going to be a little bit, you know, maybe defensive battle uh, type of game. NFC East, you know, tends to be like that sometimes. But also, feeling a big game from Brandon Cooks. Over 100 yards, I'm predicting, from Brandon Cooks, John. Okay. I think. Watch out. Well, for for me, I would say if the passing game does what it's supposed to, if I was a Cowboys fan, I think you know what you have in Brandon Cooks and C.D. Lamb. This is one of those games where you'd like to see something from Jalen Tolbert, mm. maybe Michael Gallup, maybe Jalen Brooks. You know, start really building some more confidence. Start building some more confidence with that number three wide receiver. Yes, one hundred percent. I will be tuned in, John. I'll look for you on the field, in the crowd, during the Red Red Kettle kickoff halftime show because I know you always like to be on the field for those. Get down in the pit, really get in it, and experience, you know, let the music wash over you. You're always that type of guy. So, Oh, especially for these Cowboys Thanksgiving Day halftime shows. The, yeah, this is, this is, this is my time. Hey, man, Dolly, I'm all in. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Could be worse. Treasure, Dolly oh Martin. You didn't, even, you didn't even say anything positive. You just said it could be worse. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Well, I, I mean, I like Dolly, but trust me, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of acts that I uh, will be less excited about than Dolly Parton. So, uh, Creed? You know, I'd be way more excited for Creed. Again, but I don't think because like of the, I said, because said of the before, Rangers, the Cowboys don't have the self awareness to admit that that was funny. Let's do it again. Let's 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 lean into the meme a little bit. Man, if there was ever a year to do it, that was this year, man. With the with the whole Rangers tie in. Oh, you could have yeah. told them just do literally do the exact same show from two thousand one. Get the same flying dancers. Scott Stapp probably still has the jersey. You know, just throw that bad boy on. Lip sync to hire and everybody's happy. Let's run it back. All right, John. Love it. We'll let you get back to your nine to five. But uh, thanks everybody need- for tuning in to this live edition of About Them Cowboys. We'll post this on the podcast feed for those of you who weren't able to catch the entire thing. And if you like this, let us know. We'll try and do these more again, especially when breaking news happens. We tried to do one earlier this year. We had a little technical issue on the back end with that, but that's all sorted now. So should anything big breaking happen, we can pop right on here on the app. Keep it handy. And uh, thanks for doing this, John. I'll talk to you soon, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. Anytime. I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.